Hello, family. How are you? It is good to see you. Over everyone in Redcliffe, are you doing well? There you go. They can't answer in this room, but they're cheering right now because they're filled with faith, alive on this beautiful Brisbane morning. Come on. What a great church you're a part of. Amen. I mean, I've had the privilege of, we've not met before. I'm Josh, 41, from Adelaide, where it's cold, wet, rainy and grey. And... Uh, I've had the privilege of coming and preaching here for many years now. Lots happened in the last year. Neil and Julie's had a baby, which is pretty cool. And uh, Jacinda's got married. And uh, uh, Rachel's a new worship pastor. And uh, Jason cut his hair. And uh, look at that. He's like a reverse Samson. He gets more power the shorter it gets. If he shaves it, he'll finally get anointed. And... Uh, you guys can grab your seats. You guys are amazing. And uh, uh, do you love Pastor Mark and Nina? Aren't they just the best? They're, they're great friends, Ashans and I, and, and genuinely look up to them and learn so much from them and love doing ministry with them. You know, great friends, when I got off a plane yesterday, went straight to their house, sat on the couch and watched the football. That is, that is the, you know, sometimes you, you, you preach somewhere and Straight away, let's, let's go eat food and talk the deep things. I don't want to talk the deep things. I want to watch football. And, uh, and we go for the same team, the mighty Adelaide Crows. No one cares. And, uh, and uh, uh, one of our legends kicked 10 goals. And uh, we, had a great, we had a great time. And I just feel like I lost the room just then. Uh, but, uh, but this year, we have a theme. And, and I'm here to tell you next year's theme. So it's in there somewhere. And if it's not next year's theme, it means this message was less than the last message Pastor Mark heard me preach. So it's really a test. And, uh, but I'm up, up for it. We'll see. We'll see if it's good. I'll take the credit. If it's not, well, God told me to preach this today. So, okay. Uh, but this year, our theme is, as a church, fruit. My goodness, you've trained them well. Unbelievable. You either believe it or you just say it's to keep Pastor Mark happy. One or the other. It's getting inside you fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and everlasting fruit. From John 15, an incredible verse. So I want to go right on that theme today, and I want to help you to just give part of how do we move from fruit to more fruit, or if you're in a season of more fruit to much fruit, and much fruit to everlasting fruit, because God wants you to multiply, amen? You guys said, God, we serve a God of increase. From the very beginning, from the garden, we see God say, go forth and multiply. From uh, as, as Noah leaves the ark, God gives the instruction to go and multiply. As Joshua leads the Israelites into the promised land, there's an instruction to go and multiply. As Jesus left and left us to see the church established, He said to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the outermost parts of the earth. He never wanted us to stay where we were. He called us to go and multiply. But the problem is, is that we live our life to settle. Is our goal is to get married and settle down. Is that when I get through this working season, I'll be able to retire and settle down. That My goal is to get our own house so we can settle down. That we all want to settle. And the truth is we find a place that is familiar and comfortable and we end up settling and we actually get stuck. Are you okay if I just jump straight in today? I feel like I've been here enough times to be able to just go straight into this. So uh, we settle, but you were never meant to settle. See, when traffic settles, it gets stuck and we get late. When blood settles and 
stops, we get blood clots. When our health settles, we get slow. When relationships settle, we drift. And when our spirits settle, we stop dreaming. And God's plan is that you wouldn't stop dreaming, is that there would be a dream on the inside of you that moved you from fruit to more fruit, much fruit, and everlasting fruit. But so often we end up getting a job that maybe was just the next step, but it wasn't the dream that God put in our heart and the gift that He put in our gift set and it eventually just pays the bills. And if we're honest, we just end up just settling and just doing the same old thing because it's familiar, it's comfortable. Or a marriage that was at the beginning filled with fun and possibility, but we got familiar. And it's not that our marriage gets bad, but familiarity means that our marriage has maybe gotten a little bit boring. Or maybe we had a dream that we wanted to do something big and, and had all these possibilities of what we could do, but the thought of what if it doesn't work ended up being greater than the thought of what if it did. That maybe you knew the call of God and, and maybe there's a call on your life and, and someone spoke over you when you were younger in a youth camp or in a conference or in a meeting or in a dream. God gave you, the, you know there's a call on your life to step into ministry, but leadership changed or, or someone else was chosen or a, a season of disruption got in the way and, and it robbed your confidence and maybe you're still here and you're faithful, but if you're honest while you're faithful, you're not being fruitful. Maybe you wanted to make a difference and you had an entrepreneurial spirit and you had ideas and you had resource and you had purpose and you had passion and you wanted to make an impact, but not knowing where to begin means that you never actually started and if you're honest, you've gotten stuck. Maybe there's fruit, but you're yet to walk into more fruit and much fruit and everlasting fruit. Maybe you had energy and life and destinations and ideas. I mean, you were going to travel. I mean, you wanted to climb base camp in Everest. You wanted to backpack around Europe. You, you wanted to travel in a caravan around Australia. But then you had kids, and now you're utterly exhausted. And if you're lucky, you make it to Mount Tambourine. Nothing wrong with Mount Tambourine. But... And the truth is, what happens is we get stuck. We have dreams and we have ideas and it's not that we don't see any fruit in our life, but when we serve a God of multiplication and a God of more, a God of fruit, more fruit, much fruit and everlasting fruit, we're actually not called just to settle and stay where we are, but we're called to move into the more, the increase, the, the ab abundance, the exceedingly abundantly above anything you can ask, think or imagine. But if we're honest, we've been where we are for too long. And how God helps us to move from one season to another is pruning, but I'm not gonna teach you that today because I still wanna be friends and Pastor Mark's no doubt taught you about the pruning seasons of life. But maybe in the pruning seasons, it wasn't that God cut you off, but cut you back so that you could get a dream in your heart again to move you forward. God gives you dreams and visions to help you get unstuck. My prayer today and this week is that the Holy Spirit would ignite the dreams and visions that He's put in your heart before, but we as a church and we as individuals would begin to dream again because dreams are the very mechanism and tool that God uses as the catalyst to move you from the place of settling to the season of multiplication, amen? Yeah. Well, my dream, when I was younger, People would say to, when you, to kids when they're younger, what do you want to be when you're older? And some would say a doctor. Some would say, I, 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 I want to be this. I want to be that. Do you know what my dream was? I just wanted to be tall. That's it. That's it. I, 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 in year seven, I had size 11 feet and I was this height and I thought I was going to be in the NBA and I have not grown a millimeter since. 
Is there any short people out there? Can't see you too short. And, and, and so I dreamed of being six foot six. That was my dream. That was Michael Jordan's height. And I used to pray every day, God, let me be six foot six. I had a dream in my heart. And it and never happened. So I just aimed to be six foot. And that was it. I realized at some point I wasn't going to grow. I was going to be a short guy. So let's just get to six foot. And I never made it. So I told myself, whenever anyone asked me, how tall are you? I would say just under six foot. And somehow by saying just under six foot, I convinced myself that I was five foot 11. And at 30, I went to the doctor, right? Because I had to, you know, I just thought, let's get a checkup, make sure everything's good at 30. And the doctor asked my weight and he asked my height. And I said, I'm five foot 11. And he looked at me and said, you're not. And I looked at him and said, I think I am. And he said, but you're not though. I said, I'm pretty sure, doctor, I know how tall I am. And uh, I said, you're a doctor, not not an optometrist. And uh, and he said, well, do you want to, I'll measure you. And I said, it would be embarrassing for you. And uh, he pulled me over to the kids' measuring tape and, uh, and he measured me and I was five foot seven. It doesn't matter what diagnosis I got that day. I walked out with depression and... Uh, that's all I wanted to be was tall. And at five foot seven, that dream's gone. If you ask Pastor Mark where his dream is, it's not to be a pastor, it's to play golf and darts every day. He says he gets up and prays for you. That's after he prays for his golf game and his darts. Distant second. No, you're first, you're first. You're first, keep coming. Uh, but what God does is God puts dreams in your heart. Not only do we have the Word of God to be the lamp to our feet and the light to our path, we have the Holy Spirit to bring supernatural illumination into your imagination and into your spirits so that you won't stay where you are, but you'll continue to believe and dream that God has more for your life. There's a purpose and possibility in the heavenly realm that God has for every single one of you, and He doesn't want to just hope you stumble upon it, but He allows you to have dreams and visions and to rediscover dreams and visions so that you wouldn't just stay in fruit, which is good, but to go from fruit 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 to more fruit to much fruit and to everlasting fruit. And it's there in that season of increase that comes from a dream and a vision that God puts in your heart that God actually gets glory through your life. Psalm 126 says this about God's people that got stuck. Because I'll tell you today, God's got a plan and a dream for your family. I say God's got a dream. We go to the scripture, God's got a dream for your marriage. Maybe you're surviving. God's got a dream for your marriage. Maybe for your business, you've just got through another year and God's got a dream for your business. As a young person, elderly people, God's still got a dream for your life. And we've got to rediscover what God's dreams and visions are for you so that you can be like the God's people here that got stuck and put in captivity. And all of a sudden, once they're freed, it said in Psalm 126 says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like, read it with me, those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. And it was said amongst the nation, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we were filled with joy. What, what does Jesus say in John 15? The fruit, uh, the, 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 the fruit of having fruit, more fruit, much fruit and lasting fruit. He says, I, I've told you these things so that you would be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy would overflow. The result of having 
having fruit is not just that you would have money. The result of fruit is not that you would have position. The result of fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and everlasting fruit is that you would have joy. And what gives you joy? And that joy, that's the strength for your journey. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The very fuel that gets you from where you are to what God has for you. What is it that gives you that joy? It's dreams. When God puts a dream in your heart, they say that the when someone goes on a holiday, most endorphins aren't released in the holiday. They're released in the planning of a holiday. It's in the dreaming stage. It's in the visioning stage. It's in the imagination stage. And it says about God's people, when they finally got unstuck, when they stopped settling where they were, it says, we were like those who once dreamed. The very sign of someone who settled and allowed their spirit to get unsettled, the very sign of someone that's got to a place of comfortability and begun to move forward is they were like those who once dreamed. And their joy and laughter begins to follow. You see, everyone gets stuck, but a dream keeps you moving. Can I tell you about my family for a moment? Because many of us might have a similar story. My family on my dad's side were from Rochdale in England and uh, just above Manchester. And uh, see, they weren't brave people. They weren't dreamers. They were born pre, my grandparents were born pre-World War II. They were born into the Depression. Very much they existed hand to mouth. They never had a phone, they never had a, their own house, they never had their own car, uh, uh, they literally every day worked, went to the mill, came home. The next day, woke, woke up, went to the mill, came home. And they wanted something better for their kids. So on a wet, cold winters, much more like Adelaide than Brisbane day, uh, in 1969, my grandma, she said to her family, why don't we move to Australia? And they they all laughed and said, this is ridiculous. How can we ever move to Australia? We're just plain, simple, boring, non-dreaming English folk. And they rejected the idea. So the next day, my, my grandma got on four different buses, went to Manchester to a place called Australia House. And she got all of these brochures and she took them home and she laid them out on the dining table. And when the family came home from school and the mill, all of a sudden, they didn't just have a dream, they had a vision that was in front of them and they saw these terrace houses in a suburb called Elizabeth that was just a little bit better than the homes that the than the homes they lived in in Rochdale England and they decided you know what we're going to do we're going to do something like no other part of our family's ever done. We're going to move from the place of comfortability and settling where we are, and we're going to go to Australia. So over the next year, they saved their money, they sold all their possessions, and then on the 5th of November, 1970, they left from Southampton in England, 10-pound poms, and went for four and a half weeks on the RHMS Ellenus, and they traveled all the way across the world, and they landed in Fremantle in Australia. I know this is probably similar to some of our stories or some of our grandparents or parents. And it was there when they landed in Fremantle, they got out for one day and all my dad remembers is there were flies everywhere and they couldn't believe how many flies there were in Australia. And they got back on the boat and they traveled from Fremantle all the way to Melbourne. And then they got on a cattle train that had some benches put in and they traveled all the way to Adelaide and they got picked up in a big bus 
bus and taken to a hostel in Woodville until eventually they could earn enough money to get a housing trust home in a place called Ingle Farm. And it wasn't much, but except this place that they had, it was their own. And eventually they got their own car and eventually they got their own phone, but they still lived a little bit hand to mouth. But then I look at my mum and my dad. My, my dad worked super hard. He worked three jobs. He was a policeman, he had a lawn mowing round, and he painted. We never went on many, many holidays. My mum was a stay-at-home mum, but my parents had their own car, and they had their own home, and they had their own phone, and they put us in private schooling, but we never got to travel very much, and we never got to play a high-level basketball, which I was clearly born to do. But I now look at my kids, and my kids play district basketball. My kids go to a private school. They travel all around Asia. Well, they've been to Bali. And, and, but I look at my kids. My kids live a better life because my grandparents didn't just settle and stay where they were in a place of familiarity and comfortability. They got a dream in their heart, a vision in front of them, and they took a risk. And because of that, there was fruit. The next generation, more fruit. In my generation, much fruit. And in my kids' everlasting fruit, they didn't stay where they were. They moved from where they were because they weren't created to settle. Amen. You know, I don't, maybe it's some of your stories too. Maybe it's got something similar where you decided to do something bold and courageous. Can I say to everyone listening in Redcliffe, in the same way my grandparents wanted their children to dream and have possibility, your heavenly Father does not want you to settle where you are, to settle in your marriage, to settle in your job, to settle in your career, to settle in your resource and finances. But in the same way, your heavenly Father wants you to dream again, wants you to vision again, wants you to move from that place of familiarity and comfortability to a place of significance, of fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and everlasting fruit. Amen. Come on, if you believe it, give Him some praise this morning. See, what a dream does is a dream gives you expectation. A dream, when was the last time you woke up with expectation? A dream gives you a mechanism to be a blessing to others. A dream spurs you on from settling. A dream makes you bold. A dream helps you to get unstuck. Abraham had a dream. He had a dream simply for a child of his own and a place to call his own. Significant, but but can, just a common miracle. Just something that everyone else got to have. And at 70, he hasn't received his miracle. Can I say to every person that maybe you're a little bit older in life and maybe your hair's gone to be with the Lord and you're here today and, and you're saying it's someone else's turn. Don't stop dreaming. He's a God of Abraham, Isaacs and Jacobs. He's a God of fruit, more fruit, lasting fruit. I tell you, God's not finished with you yet. And he has a dream in his heart. And God wants him not to settle, even when the world says right now you should settle. But he says there's more. So we read in Genesis 12, it says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. 
I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Can I show you something? Sometimes we settle and we humbly say, you know what, I don't need more. I'm happy to stay where I am. Can I say in kindness, it's not about you. that your blessing fruit, more fruit and much fruit is to be a blessing to others. And sometimes we settle where we are because I've done it and I've worked it and I strive for it, but I'm content and I'm okay. But that very moment we settle for what the world wants you to believe is that your life is actually about you, not others. God wants to bless you because you're His child and He wants to bless you, but He wants to bless you because you are meant to be a blessing to others. That is the purpose of fruit, more fruit, much fruit and lasting fruit. It is not that I would just have more, it's that I could be a blessing so that people could see the vine. I am merely the branch that holds the fruit that comes from one that is greater. It was actually not about Abraham just having his son. It's that his testimony would give glory to God. So God says, I I want you to go to a place because you can never stay where you are if you want to inherit the season of more, much and lasting. So he says, I need you to move. I need you to go. He says, I want you to leave everyone behind. Because not everyone's going to be able to make this journey. But Abraham decides to take his nephew Lot with him. And along the journey, and on any journey when you're going after the more of God, there's always going to be a tension and an argument in your spirit. There's always going to be a tension of settling in a place of comfortability and going for what God has for you. And it's there that Abraham's family begins to argue and fight with Lot's family. And suddenly they get to a place where they have to make a decision. Can we go on together or do we have to part ways? And it's here that Lot decides to settle. It says in Genesis 13, Lot looked around and saw the whole plain of the Jordan towards Zoar. Everyone say Zoar. Come on, everyone in Red Cliff, say Zoar. Zoar was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. Lot found a place called Zoar that reminded him of a place he once knew that seemed comfortable and familiar. Can I say, every time you have a dream put in your heart and you start to move towards more fruit, much fruit and everlasting fruit, every time you listen and obey the call of God, every time you decide to push in for deeper, every time you say, you know what, let's work on our marriage, every time you say, no, I'm not settling here, I'm moving forward, there is going to be a dispute in your spirit that says it's time to move forward and another part that says it's time to settle. And it's there that Lot looks out to a place that is well-watered and familiar. And he says, let's settle here. It was a place called Zoar. Everyone say Zoar. That place called Zoar, when you look at it in in the Hebrew, it means small and insignificant. You see, Lot ended up settling in a place of insignificance because he wasn't willing to go through the tension and difficulty, the pruning and pain it takes to receive your dream. You see, he wanted to settle 
And the moment you settle, you don't just get comfortable, you settle for insignificance compared to the dreams and possibilities that God has for your life. Can I tell you why Pastor Mark prophetically felt this is a season for the church? Because we can't settle here. The church is healthy, the church is comfortable, comfortable, the church has fruit, but this church is never called to settle in insignificance compared to the significance of what God has for this church. You are never meant to stay in the place you are because there might be fruit, but it is insignificant compared to the significance, the, uh, the, the exceedingly abundantly above that God has planned for your marriage, your kids, your family, your business, and this church. Don't settle in Zoar, but go after what God has for your life. See, my dad would say when the family came over, they moved with all of these families to, to Australia and they got to Australia and they realised it was hot, there were flies and they had to work multiple jobs. So he said half of the families they came with actually got up on four and a half weeks all the way from Southampton, all the way to Adelaide and then they got here, stayed here for a few months when it's too hot, too hard, too difficult, too many flies. They saved their money, they got back on a boat, they went all all the way back to Rochdale where they came from. And he said half of the families that got back there realised, I've still got to work, but the skies are grey. It isn't the dream. And they saved their money and they got on a boat another four and a half weeks and came back to Adelaide because they realised that sometimes you think the dream's going to be dreamy. No, the dream's hard work. But can I tell you, the dream's better than where you came from. The dream is better than the place you used to settle in. Don't settle in the place of comfortability and familiarity. Don't settle in Zoar. Don't stay in insignificance because God's got fruit, more fruit, much fruit and lasting fruit for you, but it means you've got to move. Amen? So the question is today, what's your lot? Do you have a lot of disappointment? Do you have a lot of frustration? Do you have a lot of I've been overlooked? Do you have a lot of my leader changed? Do you have a lot of this is just uncomfortable? Can I tell you, you might have a lot going with you on the journey, but you've got to choose to leave, your, that, leave that behind. Fix your eyes on the dream. Fix your eyes on the vision and step towards the promise that God has for you. Amen. Don't go back, don't settle, don't stay here. Don't just aim to be comfortable, but step towards the dream and the vision. Ask God again for the dream and the vision that He has for your life, amen? See, here's the problem. Abraham was attached a lot. See, let me explain. Lot was never meant to go on the journey with Abraham. Now, Abraham and Sarah wanted a kid. It's actually a common miracle. And the Bible shows us that Lot, at a young age, lost his mum and his dad. You see, when your nephew has lost his parents and you can't have a child, Lot looks a lot like a son. However, while he looked like a son, he was never the Isaac that God promised to Abraham and Sarah. You see, there will always be possibilities and options in your life that you can settle for and justify is the provision and the miracle of God because it's more comfortable and more familiar than stepping in the miracle of faith that God expects of you to receive the inheritance and the promises of God. You see, Lot was a nephew, but he was never 
a son. And the difference is the miracles of God, the promises of God, the dreams of visions would never be inherited by comfortability and familiarity. They are always inherited through the journey of faith, which is why you have to get a vision and a dream in your heart that causes you and compels you, your marriage, your family, your business and the church to never stay where we are, but to step out of the boat, to leave the place you know, to go on the journey of faith until you inherit the Isaac that God has for you. Amen. Come on, the keys can come. Don't settle. Don't settle. Because you've got fruit, don't settle. Because you've got more fruit, don't settle there. If God's got a vision and a dream in your heart, until you hold your Isaac in your hands in faith, until you have the miracle in your hands, until you've seen that healing and that breakthrough, until you've seen that turnaround in your business, until that miracles happen, the dreams and promises that God put, don't settle for Zoar. Believe that God can give you more. Amen. It says, wait on him. John 15, how do you find fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and lasting fruit? As much as we see fruit talked about, we see Jesus say, abide, remain, quavar, get on the edge of your toes, stand still, get a dream in your heart, because something, a dream, a vision is about to appear. I say, church, this is where you need the Holy Spirit. See, I believe the very evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life is not that you just speak in tongues, as powerful as that is. It's that you prophesy dream and vision. See, right at the beginning, we discover that God was a dreamer. He had a vision. The earth was void and without form, but the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. All of a sudden, before it was in his hands or in existence, God had a dream and a vision of what could be, including you and me. And he saw it and he spoke it into being. And he looked at it and said it was good. And then you and I are made in the very image of God, which means if God can dream and create, we have the ability to. However, we settled for the low-hanging fruit that was comfortable and familiar. And we lost our ability, not just to relate and connect to God, but because we lost that ability, we lost the grace to dream. So as you look through all of the Old Testament, you don't see dreamers and visionaries and prophets, except for a few men and women that the Spirit of God hovered over. And then silence. But then we see Jesus appear in the scene. And as Jesus goes and opens the scroll for the very first time, He deliberately chooses to let us know that He is going to bring us not only into relationship with God, but back to the place of dreaming again. And He says this in Luke 4, 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He hovers over me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news. Everyone say good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Watch this. And recovery of sight. Everyone say sight. Sight for the blind. And to set the oppressed free. 
Understand when Jesus is talking, He's not just talking about the physical. Every physical miracle is a picture of a spiritual miracle. The two things He says I'm gonna do, I've come to bring sight, I've come to give vision. And I've come to set the oppressed free. What does Psalm 126 say? When the oppressed got set free, they were like those who once dreamed. He says, I've come to set the captives free. And as they are free, they'll receive vision and dreams again. So it's there as Jesus is about to go to be with the Father. He says, I'm gonna send you back to that place in the garden. He says, don't go, don't rush off. Don't settle, don't leave, don't be comfortable. But he says, remain, abide, quava, wait for my Holy Spirit that I've promised. So the Holy Spirit moves in Acts chapter two and now hovers like tongues of fire above the, the disciples. And now filled with the Spirit of God, Peter has an opportunity to stand up and preach anything the Holy Spirit leads him. But the Spirit leads him to preach this passage. He says in Acts chapter two, in these last days, God says, come on, why don't you stand to feet, your feet in every campus? In Redcliffe, why don't you stand to your feet? This is what this happens when the Spirit of God comes upon you. In these last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Everyone say all people. And here will be the sign. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Right at the beginning while the earth was void and without form God dreamed, He breathed and He created because He was never settling in a place of comfortability and familiarity but always wanted to see the exceedingly abundantly above that anyone could ask, think or imagine so He created you to dream and the very sign when we settled and compromised is that we lost our ability to vision and dream but from Jesus first words to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit the evidence of the filling of the Holy Ghost in your life was that you would be bold was that you would hear God's voice would be that you would speak in tongues but I believe just as much it would be that you again would have dreams and visions as you abide and remain on the vine that you wouldn't just settle in a place of comfortability and familiarity but you would see fruit more fruit much fruit and ever lasting fruit sons and daughters it's time to prophesy again young men and women it's time to get a vision from God that makes you run after things again older men and women it's time to dream again see if you're stuck if you've settled and things begin to clot and go slow and drift and the team can come. I tell you, the answer is found by getting a Holy Spirit dream in your heart again. It's saying, God, allow me to see visions and possibilities in the supernatural once more. It's remind me, God, of what you promised me in these days gone by. It's God, wake me up at night with a dream in my heart. It's Holy Spirit, anoint me with ears to hear and eyes to see. It's God, I'm not settling here and staying here. If you're listening to the sound of my voice in the same way a mother and father wants their children a dream, in the same way my grandparents wanted my parents and myself and my my kids to have a better life. God wants as your heavenly father for you to dream again, to you to vision again. 
to you to see your spiritual imagination come alive again, to stand on a promise that seems too good to be true. That means you have to move from where you are and to obtain it by faith. Even now, I believe the Spirit of God is here to breathe life into you, to wake up dry bones, to create an army that not only fights, but dreams and chases after the potential and possibilities of God in faith. Church, it's time to dream. It's time to ask. It's time to believe. It's time to imagine. It's not time to settle. You're not meant to stay here. You're not meant to settle here. You're not meant to remain here. The promises of God weren't just a fleeting moment or a, or a moment in a camp experience or for a younger self. Until you've seen the fulfillment of all of that God's promise, whether it be a common or extravagant dream, I promise you can keep on chasing. You can keep on believing. You can keep on asking. You can keep on seeking. You can keep on knocking, but it's found in the remaining. It's found in the abiding. It's found in the quivering. It's found in the asking. It's found in dreaming. So right across this place, would you lift your hands? In a moment, we're just going to go into worship. But I believe the Spirit of God is here to come and anoint you. That you would receive sight that you would get vision afresh, that you would begin to see oppression break off and you'd be like those that once dreamed. That it'd be time for you to start prophesying into your marriage and prophesying over your kids and prophesying over your future and prophesying over your health. It's time to get a vision again. It's time to dream again. It's time to allow the Holy Spirit to blow on the embers that once burned bright, that allowed you to move from where you are to that place of supernatural possibility. God's got fruit, more fruit, much fruit and everlasting fruit for this church and this life, but it's only ever obtained by faith. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, I pray here in Warner, here in Redcliffe, for every person that stands with hands raised, the anointing of the Holy Spirit all over them now. I pray, God, that You would awaken the dreamers. I pray, Holy Spirit, You would awaken our spirits afresh. I pray, Lord God, even now for those things we put on the shelf, I pray You begin to place them in front of us again. I pray we begin to dream again. I pray we begin to ask again, to chase after those possibilities, that Lord God, our marriage wouldn't settle and become familiar, but Lord God, we'd be like young people that dreamed again, that Lord God, entrepreneurs wouldn't stay where they are, but they begin to see in their spirit the possibility in the heavenlies, for young people that have a call of God on their life, that they would chase after it with everything they've got, for the potential and future of this church, the campuses that are to come, the leaders that are not here yet, but we see in our spirit. We call them out, God. We're not staying in Zoar. We're not settling for insignificance. So Holy Spirit, ignite a fire on the inside of us. Allow dreams to burn again. Allow visions to be given again. Let us be like those that once dreamed. Holy Spirit, we're asking for more. We're asking for more. We're asking for more. 